with on earth as it is in heaven. So as we were talking about heaven and alligators in heaven, kidding around, we're, we're actually dealing with on earth as it is in heaven. And in that dealing, I'm not really talking about alligators in heaven. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's just a joke, so to say. But in the reality here, in Matthew 6, it just struck me in what we call the Lord's Prayer that Jesus prayed or told the disciples to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so God's will is to be on earth as it is in heaven. And so, so it really struck my heart that, that, you know, maybe then we are to know as it is in heaven. Maybe that's the Lord's intention that we really understand as it is in heaven. And that's quite an undertaking if we, when we sit down and we think about it and consider it before the Lord, because, you, you know, um, the way many of us have been trained in, in the way to think, that is contrary to our thought when we begin to look at heaven. But when, when we go back, just, just for a refresh, we go into Revelation chapter 5, and we're just going to refresh uh, a couple of scriptures here from our last uh, couple meetings, two or three meetings that we've dealt with this. In the book of Revelation chapter 5, John said that he saw in heaven, he was looking in heaven, and he saw a throne in chapter 4, and he was caught up in the spirit, and he was seeing that around the throne. And in, in particular, in verse uh, I, I'll just start at verse 1. Verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Now, now this vision was a heavenly vision. If you go back to chapter 4, like I said, out of chapter 3 and chapter 4, you'll see John is in the Spirit, and he's heard a voice as a trumpet, and he's seeing in, into heaven, and immediately he saw a throne as he was seeing in the heaven, and he saw one up on the throne. And that goes through chapter 4 and into chapter 5. And, and so now on the throne, he sees a book written within and without with seven seals, and verse 3 says, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof, and I beheld. Man, what a word that is. I beheld, I saw. And lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb 
What did he see? A lamb. As it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. So here's a new song. And in this new song, it's a song of redemption. I want you to mark that. A new song. Now, as it is in heaven, is according to the Lamb. That's what I want you to see, that, the, that it's according to the Lamb, the slain Lamb. And, and, and it's a, a particular Lamb, a Lamb as if he had been slain, having the seven spirits of God. So, so when we begin to look at how it is in heaven, it's according to the Lamb. And so Jesus said, when you pray, pray this, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, according to the translation, or in earth, as it is in heaven. So, so this would be all according to the Lamb of God. That's how it comes from heaven into earth, is according to the Lamb of God. And everything that slain lamb speaks of is to come forth in the earth through the church. That's how it's coming. It's coming from the lamb through the church. See, what does, what does John see in chapter 1 of the book of Revelation? He sees one like the Son of Man. In, where does he see the one like the Son of Man at? in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So he sees one like the Son of Man, like the Lord Jesus, in the candlestick. And the way he sees him is, is here, you, you know, the same thing with, with the full measure of God, the, the seven spirits of God, the full measure of God, all power and authority, the seven horns and seven eyes, all knowledge, all wisdom, all understanding, everything relating to these seven spirits, the fullness, as, as Paul writes in Colossians, the fullness of the Godhead bodily in him, and you are complete in him. So, so now all this is gathered up in heaven to be manifest on the earth. That's the purpose of it being gathered up in heaven. And Ephesians 1, in Ephesians 1, we'll, we'll read that again. Ephesians 1, verse 9 and 10. Paul writes and says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. You know, for when I was a younger man, I prayed over and over, God, show me your will. Show me your will. And I was always praying about your will for my life. 
that's what I was really praying. What's your will for my life? I really wasn't asking for the Lord's will. What is your will? I was saying, what's your will for me? And, and that was, it was sometime later that I began to see a difference in praying, thy will be done, Lord. And asking God for his will for my life, that that was two different things. I begin to see that, that that's two different things, that God has a will, God has a purpose. And here it is, having made known unto us the mystery, and, the, and this will was a mystery in the old covenant. But here in the new covenant, this, this will is made known through the Lord Jesus, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed, where did he purpose it at? In himself. So he purposed in himself. When did he purpose it? Brother Bob shared that, some of that this morning. Before the world was, before the foundation of the world, God purposed in Christ. And that's, that's what he says up above here in, in verse 4, according as he chose us in Christ, in him, before the foundation of the world. So before the world, God's choosing was in Christ. Before he ever made man, before man ever become a living soul, God chose in Christ. That was God's choosing. And that's what John writes in, in, in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, the mind, the thought, the purpose. The word logos means more than just a natural word. It deals with the mind. It deals with the thought. It deals with the purpose. So in the beginning, God had this thought toward creation before he ever created creation. And the thought toward creation was that Christ would dwell in them. That was God's mind that he would indwell creation, that he would indwell man and that man would live in him. That was the mind before he ever began to make man. And so, so God always operates out of purpose. He never does anything, you, you know, except in purpose. So, so here in Christ, going back into 9 and 10, he's made known to us the mystery of his will in verse 10, that in the dispensation, and if you look up the word dispensation, it actually means administration. And the definition is like administrating an estate. This is like God's estate, God's household, his administration. That in the administration of the fullness of times, he would gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So he's gathering it up into one, both in heaven and which are on earth. Now, what we read back in Revelation, if you turn back there for a moment, just flip back there real quick. Revelation 5. Revelation 5. And here, and here we're seeing a lamb in the throne in heaven. In fact, in Isaiah said, heaven is my throne. So we're finding a lamb in the throne in heaven. And they sung a new song, verse 9. 
Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to thy God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made unto us kings and priests. According to the translation, the American Standard says a kingdom of priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, get this. They're seeing the Lamb in heaven, but they're saying we're going to reign, where at? On the earth. And how we're going to reign on the earth is according to the Lamb that's in heaven. That's how they're going to reign on the earth, is according to the Lamb that's in heaven. And till we see this, we don't see the reign, but the, but the reign of God is according to the Lamb. Now, Flip over to Hebrews 12. I want to show you something in Hebrews 12. We, we, we preach Hebrews 12 a lot. And I've shared this with you before, most of you. But since you're on this Zoom, you get to hear it again. <laughs> Hebrews 12, and that was a joke, but I'm not very good at it. Verse 22 says, but you come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. You've come there. You've come to an innumerable company of angels. And now what did John see in the book of Revelation? Didn't he see an innumerable company of angels, thousands upon thousands, myriads of myriads, according to the translation? So here, again, is, is kind of the same thing in Hebrews 12. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written, where at where you written at in heaven, with the word of God, and to God the judge of all. Look at this, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. See, the just men in Mount Zion, or the judgment in Mount Zion, is to perfection. See, see, there's a contrast that the apostle or the writer of Hebrews, I believe it's Apostle Paul, but whoever wrote Hebrews, there's a contrast he sets forth. He sets forth the difference of Sinai and Zion. And that's speaking of the law and grace or the law and spirit. That's two different covenants. So it, under... The law, when you come to God, you come to a different judgment. You come to a judgment of being incomplete. The blood of animals could never take away sin. So that judgment remained upon them, even though over and over again, they offered offerings according to the law. They can never be justified. They can never find completion. They can never find perfection. They can never come there. But you've not come, the writer says, to that mountain. You've not come to a mountain that burned and quaked like in the old covenant, but you come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem. So you've come to another Jerusalem, and this one's heavenly. This one's of the Spirit. And in this Jerusalem, you've come to spirits of just men made perfect. So the judgment here is unto perfection. Because the judgment here is according to the Lamb of God. 
He judges you complete in Christ. And see, that's what Paul said in the book of Colossians, that he wanted to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And this is what is flowing out of the throne in the new covenant. Is that according to Christ Jesus? That's what's flowing out of the throne. And so, so what's heavenly and earthly really are contrasted in two men. See, see, heavenly is that of Christ, and earthly is that of Adam. And I believe Paul even says that, and we're going to look at it in a minute. But before we do, turn to John chapter 3. John 3. And... Jesus is dealing with Nicodemus in John 3, and we, most of us know this story. Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews, it says in verse 1. He's a Pharisee. He was a man of the Pharisees, so he was a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews, a teacher of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Well, why would he know that? He would know that because of the Old Testament. Because as a Pharisee, he would be familiar to the Old Testament, to the Old Covenant. So Nicodemus will be familiar to, to what's written of Elijah, Elisha, and the prophets. So he says to Jesus, I know you're a teacher of God because he's, he's a Pharisee. He, he understands to a degree the Word, the Old Covenant. And Jesus answered. <laughs> he didn't answer him maybe like we would think he should. Jesus didn't say, yeah, Nicodemus, you're right. I'm a teacher come from God. <laughs> he, he answered him, said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now that's, a, that's a powerful statement. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Let it sink in. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. So there's no entrance into God but through spiritual birth. If you're born of the flesh... Your flesh. If I understand this right, even your spirit would be flesh. That's what Jesus said. Now, I may not have the full understanding of what he means by the flesh, but I'm just going to say that's what Jesus said. And we can wrestle with it if we want, but that's what he said. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born of spirit. And he comes down here 
He says, that, it marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows where it will, or listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? That's how men ask anyway. They say, how can this be? <laughs> Jesus answered him and said unto him, art thou master of Israel and knowest not these things? You, you're a ruler, a master, a teacher of Israel. And you don't know this. Nicodemus, how come? Think of this. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we know and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you of earthly things, get a hold of this, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? So here is a heavenly thing. Being born of spirit is heavenly. Being born of flesh is earthly. Real simple. Real simple. It's two men. It's two men. An earth man and a heaven man. That's how the kingdom of God comes. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So an earth man and a heaven man. And Jesus kind of set this up and he said, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. So how did he come down from heaven? He was born of God. You go search your Bible. His name was called Emmanuel, God with us. She conceived of the Holy Ghost. That's how he came down from heaven, is that he was born of God. And he was setting forth that this was what, or he, he's really setting forth, not this, but he is the heavenly one. No man hath ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, as he spoke upon the earth, where did he say he was at? In heaven. Now that's what he says here. In John 14, he says, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. See, that's, that's the same thing. God's abode, God's dwelling place is heaven. How many believe that? He filleth the heavens, actually filled the heavens and the earth, but he dwells in heaven. He's heavenly. He said through Isaiah, he said, my ways are not your ways. My mind is not your mind. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As the heaven is higher than the earth. So my ways are, he's saying, my ways are heavenly, your ways are earthly. And no man have came down, for, have ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. So we don't ascend to heaven, but by him that came out of heaven. See, our ascension into heaven is in a man. It's the same one that came out of heaven. 
That's how we go into him. You and I can't go in there any other way but through a man because he's the heavenly one. And see, that's, that's what the challenge has been. We, we've got this idea of, of being heavenly, and really heavenly is wrapped up in the man, the Lord Jesus. Now flip over to 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll, we'll look at this according to what the Apostle Paul says. 1 Corinthians 15. He says, uh, let's see where I want to start. I was going to read you most of this chapter, but I won't. He says, the first man is of the earth, earthly. So it's written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That's verse 45. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, what, what does this pertain to, pertain to? It pertains to verse 35. It says, but some men will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? So here's what Paul is dealing with. How are the dead raised up? Now, you've got to define the dead. He doesn't just mean dead bodies, people that have physically died. Now, they're included. Don't get me wrong. But he's not just dealing with dead bodies. He tells you here, I believe it's in this same chapter, that in Adam all men died. So the dead are defined as those who are in Adam. That's how God defines the dead. Now we define the dead, you know, when people quit breathing oxygen, but God says, that through one man, death passed upon all men. And God says here through Paul that in Adam, all were made dead. And Paul wrote in Romans that the carnal mind is what? Death. To be carnally minded is death. I'll be right back. So we have, we have, a mankind, a creation that's dead. So how are the dead raised and with what body do they come? Now, thou fool, that which you saw us is not quick and except it die. Now, how does it die? Okay, that's a good question. Does it die by being put in the dirt? And that's what I was taught. In Sunday school. No. The, the soul dies in Christ. Paul writes that as many of you are baptized into Jesus Christ are what? Baptized into his death. That we're buried with him by baptism into death. So... So I find my death in him. And so that's how it dies. It dies in him. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not the body that be. And see, that's what we believe. We, we're sowing the body that'll be. But he says we don't sow the body that'll be, but bear grain 
and it may chance a wheat or some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased to him. So this body is according to God's pleasure. And he says to every seed his own body. So you have a body according to the first man, according to the first seed. And, and that's what he says. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there's a kind of flesh of men, another beast, another of, of fishes, another birds. There are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory is of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for one different from another in starring glory. So is the resurrection of the dead. There's a glory of the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. The resurrection is sown. Hear that. Who said, I am the resurrection? He was sown into corruption. Who was corruption? Adam. In Adam, all were made dead. In Adam, all were corrupted. We were corrupted in Adam. It is raised in incorruption. Again, he's speaking of the resurrection. It is shown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. How was he sown? A natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That's what the first man was. And we go back to what Jesus said in, in the book of John 3, what he said to Nicodemus, he says that that which is born of flesh is flesh. Every seed brings forth of its own kind, brings forth the body of its own kind. So the seed of that man produced an earthly body. Now the seed of Christ produced a heavenly body. Glory to God. The first man is of the earth earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And so, so and I skipped it verse, so I want to back up. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual. So the first man's not spiritual. Not telling you he doesn't have a spirit. We can deal with that with God, but I'm telling you he's not spiritual. He's not pertaining to God. That's what God said. His mind is not my mind. His ways are not my ways. My ways are beyond him. Glory to God. So, so now we have the first man who's of the earth and the second man who's the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, every one of us that were born in Adam bore the image of the earthly. That's how we bore it. We were born in it. 
So we came into it through birth. I couldn't help it. I was born there. And that's what David said in the book of Psalms. He said, hey, I was conceived in sin. I was shaped in iniquity. I was conceived in that man. That man that was full of sin. That man that was full of hell. That man that was full of corruption and death. I was conceived in it. I took on his mind because I'm born in it. So the only way out of him is to die. And that's what Paul was saying up here, that you have to die and then come forth in the resurrection. And the resurrection is a person, not an event. And that's, and that's what people don't understand. The resurrection, how I bear heavenly, is I'm raised up with him. Where's he raised to? He's raised up from the dead. What's the dead? Adam. The natural man, the earthy man. And Paul understands this in Ephesians, and he writes this to the Ephesians, and he says, you're made alive with him. Brother Bob did such a great job with that this morning. How in the world am I made alive with him? He was made alive from the dead 2,000 years ago or close to it. But he's eternal. So his life is eternal. So when I receive him, what happened when he was made alive from the dead happens in my soul. I'm birthed with him. I'm alive with him from the dead. He's the firstborn man from the dead. No other man had been born from the dead. Lazarus had been raised again, but he was still in the dead. Jesus was birthed out from the dead. <coughs> he was raised out from the dead. And that's what happens to us. We're raised out from the dead. Glory to God. And what's out from the dead is Christ. That's what's out from the dead. So we're quickened with him. We're raised with him. And we're seated with him. We're at in heavenly places that the things of heaven might be made known in us. And that's what Paul goes down here and says, we have borne the image of the earth. That's Adam. We shall bear the image of the heavenly. That's Christ. That's simple. The earth is Adam, natural man. The heavenly is Christ, the spiritual man. That's what he said, the, that the Lord was made a quickening spirit. So we bear his image. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So I can't get it. You can look at this verse two ways. I, I primarily looked at it a certain way for years that in my flesh, I can't bear, you know, I can't inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's another way to look at this. Being born of the flesh, flesh and blood, 
being birthed of the flesh, you know, because, because a lot of people, especially in Paul's day, thought that being birthed as a Jew, you were going to inherit it. And that's what Jesus told Nicodemus. You Jew, because Nicodemus was a Jew, you Jew must be born again. <laughs> you're not coming in here because you're a Israelite according to the flesh. You must be born of spirit. Flesh and blood doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. Being an Israelite according to the flesh does not get you in the kingdom of God. Ne neither doth corruption inherit incorruption, the natural man. The natural man doesn't inherit incorruption. Just as Jesus said, he's not going to put new wine in old wineskins. You've got to be born again for the new wine. To get the new wine, you better be born of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So you're birthed of God to receive the wine of God. That's what happens. So we get birthed to receive His Spirit, His wine. The outpouring of His Spirit. Anyway, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Now, John heard a trump, and John was immediately in Revelation, I think he started in Revelation 3, he heard a voice as a trumpet. Do we ever get a hold that this trumpet isn't some man coming out on the clouds and blowing a horn in the sky? It's the voice of God that begins to change us as we hear Christ declared by the Spirit. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That this earthly, that this, this, that we were, you know, that we are, begins to put on what He is. And how we put that on is when He's revealed by the Spirit of God. Because Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes, He's going to take of me, and He's going to show me. He's going to reveal me. He's going to disclose me. He's going to make me known. What I haven't seen, what ear haven't heard, what never entered in our hearts, God has revealed to us by His Spirit. And what he's revealing to us by his spirit is Christ Jesus, the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God that we are changed from glory, from the glory of the first man to the exceeding glory of the heavenly man. We put off the glory of the first man through his death and burden. And we begin to put on the glory of the new man through the infusion of his life with us. Glory to the Lamb of God. So we, so we begin to be changed by the voice of God. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We're raised in Christ. <laughs> That's what Paul says in Ephesians 2 that you were dead, now are you alive in Christ Jesus the Lord. That's what he says. Read Ephesians 2. So the dead, you were dead, but now you've been made alive, you've been quickened. 
How are you quickened? By Christ. See, see, that's the change. He's our change. We put him on. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 4, I believe. Ephesians 4. And he says here in Ephesians 4, verse 17. I love verse 17. It says here, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth not walk as other Gentiles walk. Paul's talking to the church and telling them not to walk as the Gentiles. And how do they walk? In the vanity of their mind. They don't walk according to God's mind. They walk according to their own mind. And he says to them, he says, you don't walk there anymore. You don't walk in the vanity of your mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of the heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So if we walk in darkness, we're going to be subject to all evidently uncleanness and greediness. But you've not so learned Christ, he says. If so be you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. What truth is in Jesus? That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. You put off the old man in his conversation, which is corrupt. You put off corruption. See, this corruptible must put on incorruption. Here Paul says, you've not learned the truth that's in Jesus. If you're still walking in the vanity of your own mind, you haven't comprehended it. You haven't understood it that you put off the old man, the conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Where are you renewed at? In the spirit of your mind. And that you put on. Not that you just put off, but that you put on. And that's like putting on a garment. So you put on the new man. Who's the new man? Christ Jesus the Lord. The first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Why does he have to put out to put the word true holiness? Why didn't he just put holiness? Why? Because, because there was an idea of holiness under the law. That's why. Under the law, see, we and see Paul in Ephesians, he was dealing with that by grace you're saved. It's the gift of God. That true holiness and true righteousness is in the new man. It's the works of God in Christ. It's not the works under the law. So we put on the new man, 
And now we're going to live out of the new man. We're going to live out of the heavenly man. I'm, I'm going to stop here in a second and just open it up. But just for a moment, contrasting heaven and earth. In Adam is death. In Adam is darkness. In Adam is despair. In Adam is agony. In Adam is bondage. In Adam is fear. In Adam is hell. Every, everything you can go through there and, and name. In Adam is lust. You go through and you can name all these things. In Christ is light. So you have darkness and light. Earth and heaven. Darkness, earth. And you see this all the way back in Genesis 1. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water and said, let there be light. Light came out of God. Jesus said, I am the light. So in Adam is darkness. In the natural man, even, even everything he thinks is good is dark because it's not out of the light. So in Christ is light. In Adam is death. In Christ is life. In Adam is earth. In Christ is heaven. You see, do you see the contrast of two men? The first man's of the earth. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as we know the Lord from heaven, we're putting him on. In fact, Paul says, as many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on. Christ. He said, you already have. So really what you're doing is you're learning what you've put on. As the Spirit reveals him, you're, you're really learning what God has put on you. God's already clothed you. Who clothed you was Christ. <laughs> you couldn't clothe yourself. See, you couldn't even put the garment of righteousness on. He had to put it on you. So he clothes you. As many of you have been baptized into Christ. Have, Paul said, put on Christ. Have put on, and, and see, he is incorruptible. He is the incorruptible seed of God. So as the Spirit of God makes this real in us, what we put on, we're putting, we, we're putting on incorruption as he's made real. We're wearing what he is. And we're manifesting it through the earth, through these bodies into the earth. Just like these bodies manifested what was in Adam. Same bodies. Same bodies. But now what's coming out of the bodies is what's in Christ. Not what's in Adam. That's, that's what God is after is that in the earth we manifest what's in the heaven, who is Christ. That's why we have earthen vessels. That our earthen vessels would give way to that of Christ. Glory to God. Well, I could go on and on, and I'll stop, and we'll, we'll probably pick this up uh, uh, next time I teach. Uh, Brother Del Grimm is going to be sharing with us Tuesday night. I want to make that announcement. Sometimes I forget to announce things. Brother 